there. If you have kids in your home, either your own kids or your grandkids, go ahead and call them into the room now. Have them sit on your couch or sit on the floor because I have a Bible story that I want to tell the kids today. Now, our Bible story starts with a man named Jesse. And Jesse was from the tribe of Judah and he had eight sons, which is a lot of sons. Now, three of his sons were part of the battle between Israel and the Philistines. Now, the youngest brother of, of Jesse, which was son number eight, his name was David. And he was a watcher of the sheep. He was called a shepherd. He made sure that his father's sheep were well taken care of, that they ate green grass and they had great water to drink, and especially he protected them from things that might hurt them. Well, Jesse came to David one day and said, Son, would you be able to get somebody else to wash my sheep? Because I want you to go out to the battlefield where your three brothers are, and I want you to check on them, and I want you to take them some food. And because David had an obedient heart to God and to his own father, he said, sure, I'll go out, I'll check on him. So off he went, and he went to where they were battling. The Philistines were on one side, they were the bad guys. And the people of Israel were on the other side, and they were the good guys, and there was a valley in between. And the Philistines had something very special they had a champion, and his name was Goliath. Now, Goliath was a huge warrior. He was this tall, and he was big, and he was mean, and he had all of the battle armor. He had a helmet, he had a chest plate, he had a shield and a sword, and he was ready for battle. And every day, Goliath would come out and he would taunt the people of Israel. He would yell across to their side and say, Why are you even here? Choose a man and let him come to me. And if that man wins the fight, then we will be your servants. But if I win the, sight, the fight, you will all be my servants. Well, that was pretty scary. And King Saul and all of the people of Israel were afraid, and they didn't know what they were going to do. None of them could ever win this Goliath. What are they going to do? So David was there checking on his brothers when he heard Goliath say this. And he said, who is this guy that should defy the armies of the living God? So David went to the king, King Saul, and he said, Hey, no worries, king. I'll go out and I'll fight with the Philistine. And Saul says, no way, no way, David. I mean, this guy has been a warrior since he was just a kid. There's no way I'm letting you go out there. And David said to King Saul, well, I may just be a young kid, but when I was watching my father's sheep and a lion and a bear, took the lamb from the flock, I was there and I saved them. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. 
King Saul thought for a minute and he said, okay, David, go on and the Lord be with you. Now, I have a special friend today that's going to help me. We are going to pretend he's David. Josiah, can you come on up? So what King Saul did was he got some armor for David and he put on the armor because he wanted David to be safe in this battle against Goliath. He was very worried about David. There's your shield, David. Now, David, how does this feel? This feels very uncomfortable and it does not fit. It doesn't fit. Could you fight a battle with that, Josiah? No. no. And do you know what David said? He said, I can't wear this. He said, I'm going to take it off because I know the Lord will be my protection. David knew that God would protect him, that God would keep him safe. So what he decided to do was to collect five stones from the nearby brook. So in his shepherd's pouch, he put some stones and he got his slingshot. And he started walking toward the battle with Goliath. And Goliath saw that David was just a young man. He was handsome, but he was small. He didn't have big muscles. So Goliath said to David, what am I, a dog? Did you come to me with your sticks? And David said, you come with me with a sword and a spear? But I come with you in the name of the Lord and the God of the army of Israel, who you hate. Today, the Lord will help me strike you down. God doesn't save with a sword or a spear. And this isn't my battle. This is God's battle. And David took that rock and he put it inside the slingshot. And he started to spin it around, just like this. And then when he was ready, that rock flew out of the slingshot, hit Goliath right in the middle of the forehead. And Goliath wobbled, and he wiggled. And David watched him, and then all of a sudden, bam, down went Goliath. David had one over the Philistine with a slingshot and a little rock. The Philistines run away after seeing that their champion had died. Now, do I think, kids, that you're going to come up against a Goliath? Do I think that maybe you're going to come up against a 10-foot-tall person that you have to fight? Probably not. You probably won't do that in your lifetime. But I know you're going to come up against some problems. And do you know what Goliath was? Goliath was a problem. And the way we handle those Goliaths and those problems depends on what's in our heart. Because you see, David had won this battle because he was obedient to God. And whatever's in your heart comes out in your life. If your heart is full of good things, your life will show goodness. 
But if your heart is full of bad things and full of sinful thoughts, your life will show that. So kids, how is your heart today? What's in your heart? Is there good things in your heart, like David, or is there bad things in your heart? Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Thank you all so much for being here today. Didn't Pastor Georgia do an excellent job talking about David and Goliath? My name is David, and Georgia and I are the two children's pastors here at City View Church. And I am so grateful, so excited to be here today speaking to all you guys. Like Pastor Troy said last week, throughout the month of July, we are going to be talking about the biblical character of David. What a phenomenal character story to go through. And each week we will be extracting a different life lesson from his story. Last week we talked about pride and how it is a recipe for disaster. And David overcame pride through humility and taking responsibility for his actions. And David's heart David is famously known as a man after God's own heart. He's referred, to that, he's referred to using that phrase twice in the Bible, once by Samuel, even before he ever met David, and then like a thousand years later by Paul in Acts. And there are so many incredible attributes of David's heart that particularly define it as godly. David was humble and intelligent, he was caring and powerful, and he loved God, and he obeyed God. And the list, of course, just goes on and on. But overall, there is one pragmatic phrase that comes to my mind when I think about David and his heart, and it's this. Throughout his entire life, his, all of his worldview can be boiled down to these two words. God first. God first, that mentality, permeated every aspect of David's entire life. We can see him acting that way as a child, as a king, when he was happy, when he was sad, when he was embarrassed, and even when he was wrong. And that is when it's particularly difficult for a lot of us. Am I right? So I have chosen a couple scenes out of David's life to help illuminate this God-first mentality that he had. The first scene I want to talk about centers around one of the critical, crucial characters in David's life, and it's King Saul. Now, I've taught the City View kids several times about David and Saul, and every time I do that, I love talking about the stark contrast the Bible draws between those two characters. You see, Saul was a liar, and David was a man of his word. Saul was weak and David was powerful. Saul neglected God's people, but David protected God's people. Saul was erratic, David was stable, and of course, there's so many things we can talk about that distinctly define the two. My point is this. Saul put himself first, but David put God first. And, and, and one of the biggest ways that Saul put himself first was for the final portion of his life. See, he knew that it was God's plan to replace him with David as the new king. And Saul said, oh, no way, not what God wants, what I want, me first. Forget about what God wants. And so that sets up the scene. 
for the final portion of his life, he pursued David, trying to kill him, destroy him, so that he could remain king. And so the story goes like this. Due to his own poor judgment, Saul is all alone, and he is blissfully unaware of David's immediate presence. David is right behind him, and Saul's life is in David's hand. David has a knife, and he's thinking about, what am I going to do in this situation? And David's men speak to him, and they say, David, strike now. Destroy King Saul. Your life will be saved, and you will become the next king. It will be so good for you. And right then, that's where David knew, I know what I'm going to do. I can't do that. His response was, not what's best for me, what's best for God. And his response was one sentence, and it mentioned God three times. In 1 Samuel 24, 6, he says, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed one of the Lord. His mind was so focused on God first that he said, Even though Saul's trying to kill me, not what I want, but what God wants. And David acted in wisdom in that scene because he allowed God to be the one to remove the threat and the problem of Saul. Soon after Saul had died, he fell in battle, and David became the king of Israel. Good for David. And that sets us up for the second scene in his life I want to talk about. This scene centers around a man named Shimei. Now, Shimei was from the same clan as Saul's family was from. So he was more irrelevant from Saul than like a distant relative. But Shimei falsely accuses David of killing Saul. So the story goes, David and all his mighty men are walking past the town where Shimei lives. And as soon as Shimei sees him, he is incensed at David's presence. He is so angry that he starts picking up rocks and chucking them at David, and he is hurling insults at David. Not only is he falsely accusing him of killing Saul, but he is also taunting him with the failure of his sons, jabbing at David's deep personal emotional wounds. My goodness, what a foolish man, right? So David's, one of David's officers speaks to him. He says, David, let's just say the word and I will kill this guy. He needs to be silenced. And David's response is this, no, because the Lord has told him to curse me. Not what I want, but what God wants. And in that moment, David demonstrated tremendous resolve. He chose not what I want, which was probably to, to end this guy's life, but he chose what God wants. And that is just incredible as an example of a man of God, always putting God first. And the third and final scene I want to talk about is the return to Ziklag. And the poor child David, he had no idea what he was getting into, what he was signing up for when he was anointed to become the next king of Israel. His life was arduous and chaotic the whole time. Poor David. Although so much good was accomplished in his life. And despite the arduous chaos, the return to Ziklag has got to be one of the deepest, darkest, most 
desolate moments in his life. You see, David and all his men had made the town of Ziklag their home. So all of their stuff, all their houses, all their kids, and all their wives, everything they had was in the town of Ziklag. And so the story goes, one day they go off to battle, they do some stuff, and the scene to which they return when they come home is what I want to talk about. And this scene, as I was preparing this message, reminds me of one of my favorite moments in one of my favorite movies. It is a song from the movie Mulan. Have you guys seen that movie? Incredible movie. In this movie, there's a scene where Mulan and all the soldiers are traveling through the countryside and they're feeling great. They're feeling jazzed and they're so happy. They break into a song and the song is titled, I wish that I had a girl worth fighting for. Have you guys heard this song? It's, it's a beautiful song. It's, it's really funny. So the song goes, the, all the men are talking about what their ideal woman would be. The first guy says, I wish I had a woman who would laugh at all my jokes. And, and the next guy says, oh, I wish I had a woman who thought I was super muscular and strong and masculine. And my favorite part of the song is the third guy, the fat guy. He says, I couldn't care much what she wears or what she looks like. It all depends on what she cooks like. Beef, pork, chicken, yum. And the song is funny and it's happy-go-lucky. And the way they put the song together is that it builds and it builds and it builds triumphantly till right at before they deliver the final line of the song. And I'm getting chills just talking about it. It's, it's really tremendously done. Right before they deliver the final line of this building, building, building song, their voices cut out and their faces drop to horror. And the camera was trained on their face and it pans to reveal what they're looking at. And the village they were headed to had been destroyed by the Huns. Everything burned to the ground, no sign of life anywhere. And that is the scene to which David and his men returned on the way back to Ziklag. And despite the horror and the sadness of this moment, things get a lot worse for David. Not only had he lost all his stuff and his house, all of the children and all of the wives had been captured by the bad guys and they were gone. And all of his men were talking about stoning him to death. Now he was losing the faith and the trust of his men and his very life was at stake. And David demonstrates tremendous resolve in this moment. Amid the chaos, the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, But David found strength in the Lord his God. My goodness. David says, my emotions are spiraling all out of amok. I just want to collapse and give up, but not what I want, what God wants. And so he, he refocuses himself on God. And he says, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, pff, not what am I going to do? What does God want me to do? So he goes to the nearby priest and the two of them hard style, which means they grab their hands like this and they get down on one knee and the two of them together are crying out to God, God, what do we do? And God tells them not to worry. The raiding party is still pretty close. Go. You can fight them, you can win, and the children and all your wives will be saved. 
And so David and his men obey God. They go and they rescue their women and their children. And the day had been saved because David put God first. And those are the three scenes that I wanted to talk about. Guys, can you imagine what that last scene would have looked like if in that crucial moment David had said, "Mm, me first, not God first. He would have said, what? You want to stone me after everything I've done for you? I'll stone you. Rocks would have started flying, people would have died, and the women and the children would never have been rescued. That is why it is so crucial for us as men and women of God nowadays to always do our best to follow David's example of God first in everything we do. Now keep in mind, David was still human. He constantly made mistakes. We know of a couple of them that were written in the Bible, and because he's human, we know there was even more that we can't even read about. But the beauty of David's example is this. Those were all isolated moments. When, God, when David said, me first, God second. I'll do what I want to do, not what God wants to do. David's default disposition was always God first, me second. And only in the rarest of occasions did he flip that to me first, God second. So my challenge to us today is this. We need to examine our hearts and ask, do I always put God first? And of course, when I say we, that includes me. And I can tell you guys confidently, as Pastor David, my answer is no. I wish I did, but I'm not there yet. It's a goal that I'm working towards every single day. And every single day, we all have opportunities to develop this discipline. They might not be quite as drastic as David's return to Ziklag, where he had lost almost everything and his very life hung in the balance. They might look something more like this. Someone's trying to gossip with me, and I just want to respond, oh, can you believe he did? But me first? Or God first? Or what about this? We're at work and we see a coworker who's clearly having a bad day. We can think, man, I'm having a bad day too, and my day is worse than their day. I don't want to show kindness to anybody. But me first or God first? And the beauty of God is this. Don't worry. Nobody's perfect, and God recognizes that. And no matter if we still make mistakes, God still loves us, and God is still with us. And as long as we try our best to put God first, he will be constantly helping us develop this mindset of God first. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you for the the story of David. Thank you for the entire Bible, and thank you that David put such an excellent example together for us to follow. God first, me second. Help us every day to not lose sight of that goal, to not get discouraged by making mistakes and messing up. Because if we constantly try to always put you first, we know that you will help us to continually develop that discipline in our hearts. Thank you, God, for everything. Thank you for your love. Please watch over us this week. We have an excellent Sunday. And all City View Church said,
Amen.